Welcome to the Plant Cunning Podcast, where we explore a relationship to plants, other people, and the mysteries of nature. Coming to you from the High Allegheny Plateau in central New York, we are your hosts, A.C. Staubel and Isaac Hill. It's episode 50 of the Plant Cunning Podcast, and in today's episode, we get to speak with the marvelous Pam Montgomery about spiritual ecology. We talk about plant communication, and she gives some very practical tips for how to actually tune into your body and tune into the plants and how they want to communicate with you. We talk about plants as teachers and how they can really come to our aid at this moment in time and help us to grow up, basically. (laughs) We take a deep dive into spiritual ecology talking about plant spirits, whether they're collective or individual, on what level does the spirit operate. We talk about nature spirits and the spirits of springs, and we have a really great time. We also have a uh, second episode with her that will be available for our patrons who donate at the $9 or more level. So if you're interested in hearing that and all the other great bonus episodes that we have and are going to be recording, uh, go up to patreon.com slash plantcunning and join our support system. And I want to thank all all of you patrons for continuing to stand by us and uh, help us make this thing happen. Um, it's been an intense, intense summer for us. And we've been trying to, to keep keep putting out these episodes, um, but things are starting to wind down just a tiny little bit. Uh, I'm sure the rest of the fall into winter is going to be also very intense, but we've got a, a lot of really great uh, interviews coming up. So I'm really excited, and AC's excited, and it's, uh, it's just really wonderful to celebrate number 50. We got 50 episodes down, and we're just going to keep going to 100, 150, 300, just, <laughs> just keep doing it as long as we have the internet. <laughs> we actually did have a couple uh, ins and outs on this episode, so I did a little editing, but uh, let's let's get to it. Today we are very excited to welcome Pam Montgomery, an herbalist and teacher and author, um, just someone who is well-respected and adored in the plant community. And we're just so excited to have you today, Pam. Thanks for being here. Well, thank you so much for inviting me. This is fun. I'm looking forward to it. Yes. So we um, have a traditional first question on the Plant Cunning Podcast, and it is, how did you come to the plant path? Well, uh, it's kind of a long story um, because it started when I really thought about this. And this question, I get asked this question a lot, and it really began when I was young. When I was a kid, I, my grandparents on my, my maternal grandparents, my mother's side of the family lived in the Eastern Hills of Kentucky. So the Appalachian part of Kentucky, and they were these, like you would call like salt of the earth people. They were these awesome, just amazing people, but they, you know, they lived with the land. They, they didn't know how to drive a car. Neither one of them drove a car. They would, somebody would come pick them up once a month and take them over the mountain to where they go to church, where they go to their Baptist church. Mm-hmm. And that was once a month. That was like a big outing. Um, so they, you know, they raised their own food. They, they were just these 
and my and my grandmother of course was a real plant person and she had plants all over the house and then she had all of her plants out in out in the yard and um, in the south you have your main meal at noontime that's that's when you have your your dinner yeah. your formal dinner is it is in the middle of the day and so she'd be in the kitchen all morning and then she and then she'd be cleaning up afterwards and by about two or three o'clock she'd come outside and she'd start picking and pruning and cutting and you know just being with her plants nice but you know one of the things that really stood out for me was that she talked the whole time and and one time I remember going up to her and saying granny who are you talking to and in her very Kentucky accent she'd say well plants are just like people they need friends too (laughs) (laughs) I was like Oh, okay. So you talk to your plants. So at a very early age, I got the message that that's what you were supposed to do, that you were supposed to talk to your plants and that they would talk back to you, back to you. And you would have this like conversation with your plants. So I never, I never got the message that you're crazy if you talk to plants. So that's really where it began. And as I, as I look back on it and then, you know, then I did the teenage thing, which was, I don't know, I don't know where that, I don't know where I was during those years, but anyway. um, But in my early twenties, I became a part of the back to the land movement. So this was, this was late sixties, early seventies. And we, um, we moved onto land and it was all about, you know, we're going to take care of ourselves. You know, big brother's not going to be like taking care of us. We're going to do it ourselves. Yeah. And which means grow all your own food. And it also includes herbs and, and, and knowing about plants for your, for your health really is for your health. So I, back in those very early days, you know, you'd go into a bookstore and there'd be like two books, uh, herb books on the shelf. Like, I mean, Jethro Kloss, uh, back to Eden and, uh, I don't know, probably uh, one of the foraging guy there. Anyway, there weren't like 50 million herb books sitting on the shelves like there are nowadays. So it wasn't like I really had a lot of resources. So I just, again, it was kind of out of, out of need is I just went to the plants and, you know, I knew a few of them that I wanted to grow. And then there was the wild plants. And I did find an identification book that almost could identify the wild plants. And I just started delving in on my own because, because there wasn't really, there wasn't really anybody. I mean, maybe there was somewhere, but I didn't know where they were. And so that's kind of how it began. It was, it was such a, you know, with my grandmother and then with like the need to, 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 to know about healing plants uh, which I guess you could say I was kind of self-taught back in those days. And then, you know, uh, things, you know, changed and shifted. And, and my, uh, my husband at the time, we, I mean, we were, we were hardcore. We were, we were like, uh, you know, we'd turn on the hot water when his mother came to visit. I mean, we were hardcore as far as living off the land and all that. And, So there came a point in time where he was like, I'm burnt out. I really don't want to do this anymore. I want to go to massage school. I went, oh, massage school. Okay. Uh, What's that look like? So we sold all of our equipment, sold stuff. We didn't sell our home, but we sold everything we could. And we went to Florida where he went to the Florida School of Massage. 
And here at the Florida School of Massage, there was a herbalist Mm. and I got to know her and she and I would get together. Let's see, what year would this have been? This would have been about 80, by then it would have been about 83, somewhere around there. And she and I would get together and, you know, we'd, we'd take the herbs and we'd smell them and we would taste them and we would go through all of our senses with them. And then we would say, oh, this one feels like this is what it'll do. And that, you know, so we went through all that. And, and so that was really my first encounter with somebody that I would call an herbalist. And, and it was just, I loved it. I loved doing this. Yeah. So it just kind of really like. It, it resonated. It, it went home right into my heart. You know, it was like, oh, oh, I, I want to, I actually want to do this. I want, this is what I want. This is what I want to be when I grow up, you know, that kind of thing. And um, so he finished massage school. We went back home and I just really started delving in as much as I could. And and I, I met a few people that were also, you know, working with plants. And um, I, I did do an apprenticeship. That was later. That was a little, a few years later. And then, um, you know, I just started. So, so that was kind of the early days. And then as far as getting into the whole plant spirit healing part of it, I started, I, I made a garden that was a spiral garden. And it was just, you know, these great big beds that that made the spiral and it was really beautiful. And I spent a lot of time in this garden and things started to happen that I couldn't explain. Yeah. Yeah. It was like, uh, just, um, you know, I'd see things in my peripheral vision, there'd be these things and then things just started to happen. And I was like, huh, what's going on here? So then, you know, I got into reading the Findhorn books and all of that kind of stuff. And I just realized that these plants are way more than their chemical constituents. That's one part of them that, you know, it's like us, you know, we've got these amazing physical bodies, but there's more to us than our physical bodies. And there's more to plants than their physical bodies. And I started to realize this and I was like, Oh, I really want to know about this. This sound, this mm. is really exciting. So I just really dove in and and did everything I could to to learn about the plants in their kind of bigger aspect. And um, and it's you know I've never looked back. Mm. <laughs> and it keep and so the beauty of all this working with plants and especially in this way is that. It's like the old Buddhist saying, when the student's ready, the teacher appears. It's that way with plants. When you're ready, they give you another piece, like kind of like they hand it to you. And that's been happening throughout my entire life. And and I've been doing this now for um, a solid 35 years. And it just keeps growing and expanding and evolving. Mm. So so the beauty is you never get bored. (laughs) So anyway, that's, that's kind of uh, been my, I mean, there's been a lot of little side shoots and yeah. uh, side trips and all that, but uh, all, always plant related, pretty much, pretty much, or, or nature consciousness related. So, yeah. 
but that's been, that's been my journey. And I, I'm, even though I'm not doing quite as much as I used to, uh, I'm not teaching a plant spirit healing apprenticeship anymore. Um, I have uh, students, uh, advanced students, uh, associates, I guess I would say, who are doing that now. But, um, but I'm, of course, I'm still very much involved. Mm-hmm. So cool. anyway, that's, that's kind of my story about how it all, how it all began and yeah, that's, that's really wonderful. And I'm interested in uh, specifically, specifically with the plant spirit communication was, were your teachers uh, more the plant spirits themselves, or did you have um, the human teachers in regards to like journeying and that kind of stuff? Yeah, well, I would say both. Um, I, I definitely spent a lot of time with plants. I did do a uh, not sure what year that was, but I did do Elliot Cowan's um, plant spirit medicine course. And that was, I think it was like spread over like a year and a half time period. Um, However, I have to say, and uh, bless your heart, Elliot, but um, he's an acupuncturist, a five element acupuncturist. Mm -hmm. And most of the course, we met five times, five one week sessions, Hmm. four of those sessions was about five element. Hmm. One week was about plants. And, um, as an herbal and a lot of the people in the class were, um, were acupuncturists. And as an herbalist, I was like, eh, where's all the plant work? (laughs) That's that's what I wanted, you know, but I have to say, I did learn five element from Elliot and, and I, and I do love five element. Uh, it's, it's a great modality, but, um, can you explain the five element modality to our listeners in short? Oh, well, it's, it's an acupuncture, you know, there's TCM, which is traditional Chinese medicine, and then there's five element and they're the two kind of schools of acupuncture and five element is more, um, kind of spiritually based TCM is much more, um, there's not as much of a spiritual component to it, whereas five element is more, a little more esoteric. And, and so that's the Elliot was a five element practitioner. And so what he did was he also worked with plants and he, he is kind of, this, this is not quite right, but kind of like he would use plant spirits instead of needles. He didn't needle anybody. And he would, but he did, he went through the whole process of determining what the person's, they call it a CF, a causative factor, determining what their predominant element is. We're all made up of all the five elements, but one is predominant. And the predominant element is what is your greatest gift and your greatest challenge. Mm. So if there's an imbalance, it's, it's in your, uh, it's in your, it's in your primary element. And so what he would do is there. So like me being a fire element, there would be, you know, if there was a big imbalance going on nine times out of 10, it would be in the fire element. So I would work with um, a plant spirit that addressed the fire element. So that's kind of how it worked. And so what I did, what I did learn from Elliot, which we did a lot of this was shamanic journeying. He he Mm -hmm. did we did shamanic journeys with the plants. And so I got real adept at doing shamanic journeys with plants with Elliot, but I can't say, I mean, I did, I, I learned, I learned plant spirits in, a so, in, in, in um, association with 
the elements with the five elements. And that's that. So that was good. That was good to learn. And it, it kind of, kind of, I mean, I was already, I was already working with plants in that way, but this kind of gave me a little kick to, to do it more. So that it's really interesting to me, um, as a student of all, like specifically, like also, uh, spiritual systems, you know, how Mm -hmm. to, to read your book, plant spirit healing, and to like, kind of see like your system, which includes, like the five elements, seven chakras, meet, uh, the medicine wheel. And then you have like your, your allies, you use a pendulum and then journeying and vision work. And then the actual like plant material. Um, what is, is that basically your system uh, or are there other parts of it that I, that I haven't gleaned? Well, um, the thing of it is, I mean, you can, you can work with plant spirits in, any modality mm-hmm. it's it's really about just incorporating the the spirit of the plant into whatever it is you're doing i mean you may know there's a book now about um uh what's uh faye johnstone uh wrote the um reiki plant plant spirit reiki book so she's a reiki practitioner and she includes plant spirits in her reiki practice so really you can incorporate the plant spirits in any modality I happened, I mean, now, nowadays, if, if I were to teach an apprenticeship, I would not, I would not teach five element because, because it's just, it's, it's too much. It's in and of itself to learn five element is a massive undertaking. And so now what I would do is just be working with the foundational elements of earth, air, fire, water, and ether. Uh, I wouldn't go into the whole modality of five element just because it's too much. Um, to, to teach people in the amount of time we had. So I primarily focus now on energy anatomy. So the chakras being the energy organs of our body, and then the meridians, the rivers of light, some might call it, you know, when there's blockages or there's certain acupuncture points that are like portals, you know, they're like portals. And so I might work with a plant to go to a particular point to, um, to access those, that energy uh, river in a person's body. So I work primarily with energy anatomy because, because our energy anatomy, I mean, it's, it's a part of who we are. It's part of our makeup. And, and what it is with plant spirits is that, okay. So, so when I use the word spirit, I would refer to that as the vital principle held to give life. That would be my definition of spirit, the vital principle held to give life. So when you, when you combine energy and spirit together, they're not the same. Energy and spirit are not the same. Energy is, you know, can't create it or destroy it. It shows up like heat and light and, you know, movement and different kinds of ways in that way, but it is not sentient. What is sentient is spirit. The vital principle is the sentient part of it. So what I do is work with the energy body and, and, and have the plant spirits direct the energy. And when you, when you have a plant spirit directing the energy 
and to where it has to move from one spot to the next, or maybe something is is blocked up or, or stagnant or clogged and the energy needs to move or whatever it might be, um, or, or removed. That's another piece. There's, there are funky energies out there that do might get attached or whatever that need to be removed. So the plant spirits direct all that. And, and I'm, I just come along and I'm the person that has the relationship with the plant spirit. And I identify what might be the problem. So like, I, when you mentioned um, pendulum, I would use a pendulum to uh, to see if a chakra was compromised or blocked. And then if I see that the heart chakra is blocked or, or compromised in any way, then I would call upon a plant spirit, probably Rose, maybe Hawthorne, uh, to mm-hmm. come and, um, and unblock that chakra and, and do healing. And so, so that's, so I would identify it but the plant spirit does the work. Mm-hmm. So it's really kind of a beautiful way of working together with a plant is that you're really, you're really uh, working as partners, you know, in a co-creative partnership. And it's, it's beautiful. It's just, it's, just, and the, the plants, they are so giving and they are so generous and they're so like, they want us to succeed. They want us to be healthy. They, and so there's this kind of generosity with the plants that, I have found that it's just, um, yeah, it's, it's really special. So um, I just have a quick question. If somebody comes to you and, you know, you said you have the relationship with the plant spirit, but they don't have a relationship with plant spirit or, um, maybe don't necessarily know or believe in, you know, spirit realm, even in general, will the healing still happen for them? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Cause that's, I am calling upon the plant spirit on their behalf. Yeah. And so, no, they don't have to believe in any of it. And it's, you know, (laughs) actually it's not a belief system, but uh, (laughs) anyway, uh, it's just, it works. Right. It works. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, It works. So, you know, you don't have to believe in it to make it work. And um, so, uh, so no, they don't, but, but (laughs) I would say pretty much everybody once they have an experience of it, because they're, they are going to experience it. They're, you know, they're going to get it, you know, they're going to, um, whatever the, whatever the treatment might be, whatever it might be, they're going to receive the benefits of it. And once somebody has that experience, they're like, Oh, Oh, there might be, Oh, there's something to this, huh? Oh, which Uh plants use again? Oh, really? Oh my gosh. I've got one of those growing in my yard. I mean, (laughs) nine times out of 10, you know, that happens. Yeah. Yeah. That's so interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So it's good. It's, it's fun. It's um, it, it never ceases to amaze me. I mean, I continue, I, I still get amazed by what these plants do and, and, and how they're stepping it up. I mean, they just continue to step it up. I mean, they're evolving too. We're evolving. They're evolving. And it just is, it just gets to be, I mean, the plants give me hope. Uh-huh. I would say just they're they're what gives me hope because the planet is uh, is is in um, rough shape on many levels. Yeah, and I just too. 
You know, when I get, when I get like, oh my God, you know, there's no hope left. Oh no, what are we going to do? Oh, the gig's up. You know, when I get in that frame of mind, I just like go to a plant and they're like, no, 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 no. We're evolving. Remember? <laughs> oh, that's right. <laughs> yeah. It's like the obstacles are, you know, how we grow by overcoming them. Yeah. Like well, the you know, dandelion in the, in the, in the pavement, you know, that kind of stuff really. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know, and all of pretty much all the prophecies across the board everywhere say that, you know, these, these times where it's, this is actually not a surprise. <laughs> it's like, um, everything needs to kind of unravel before it can, uh, it can mend and, and make beautiful fabric again, you know, or, or the cup has to empty before it fills up again. And that's kind of what's happening. And to be honest, it, it needs to happen. Should I say it that loud? It needs to happen. Uh, we need to really shift this paradigm, which means the old paradigm's got to go. And it seems it might be a little challenging and a little painful at times, but we really do need to shift this paradigm. So I think we're in the midst of that. And the plants are here to help us do it. So we're not alone. We're not alone in this. That's a really good point. Like we, we look at the, the future kind of like as a utopian thing, you know, we, we have the, we're going to reach this utopia in the, you know, some point in the future, or we look to the golden age in the past. But um, if we look, for instance, look at it, like the age of Aquarius, you know, traditionally Aquarius is ruled by Saturn, which mm -hmm. is planet of limits and, <laughs> you know, death and hardship. Uh, but it also, you know, it is ruled by Uranus and, there's a possibility for individual growth and flourishing and, and lots of, it's just a different age mm -hmm. than the previous one. Mm -hmm. And we yeah. feel that shift now. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. But so it, there's gotta be hardships for there to be growth. And thank God we have the plants. <laughs> yeah. Thank goodness we have the plants because, you know, on so many, on all levels, really, they, they can be uh, helpful to us and beneficial to us. And, and I feel like, and, you know, this whole thing of like building a relationship with them. I mean, we're, we're already in relationship with plants. I mean, mm. because we breathe, you know, it's like yeah. pretty basic, we eat. Thing. <laughs> you know, our breath wouldn't, we wouldn't have our breath or our food or our tissue if it wasn't for plants. So we're already in relationship, but to, mm. to build it into like a co-creative partnership to actually consciously partner with plants to, to, to bring about healing, you know, personally and professionally and planetarily, all of that is, um, it's really, I mean, you know, they've been around for a really long time, a lot longer than us, <laughs> you know, and no. they've got the long view, you know, they, they've got that, that view of like, so, so this time period, yes, there's evolution happening, but the plants are like, we're not going anywhere. You know, it's like, we're going to, we're going to be here for another, you know, million or two or three years. Don't worry about that. And so it's like, yeah, there's change and yeah, it's difficult. And, but we're, we're evolving into something else. Now, what that else is, I mean, I could, I, I can think of a few things that would be nice. I think this is a really interesting route to go, uh, specific, especially because like your book, Plant Spirit Healing, I mean, this came out like 15 years ago almost, but it's just, it's still so relevant. Mm -hmm. um, 
but like getting in contact with those plants as elders and as teachers yeah um like how how do you how do you do that <laughs> oh you mean how do you build build a relationship into a co-creative partnership that? yes yeah. <laughs> yes <laughs> oh gosh well i mean there's there's lots there's lots of ways to do this but i mean the the primary thing is learning how to communicate and because that's i mean we we things come in in other ways without like specifically saying okay you know i'm going to sit down i'm going to like you know i'm going to communicate with this plant uh that kind of thing but they it comes in in other ways but primarily it has to do with there's two main foundational ways that communication takes place in the biological world and that is light and sound and so there's light that we see in color the spectrum you know the the rainbow spectrum is the color that we that's within our visual spectrum that but there's light on other ends of the spectrum as well that we can't see, but it doesn't mean it doesn't exist. Uh, so there's that, there's light and they call it, and, and there's at the nucleus of the cell of all living organisms are what's called biophotons, particles of light at, at the DNA level. Uh, there's also phonons, which is sound. So there's, so there's light and sound, which all carry a vibratory resonance. So it vibrates, the, there's, a, there's a wavelength of light and a wavelength of sound. So, uh, and again, sound is the same as light. You can hear within a certain spectrum, but there's, there's a wider spectrum that you can't necessarily hear. However, you can sense or feel the vibratory resonance. So, um, and the biophoton thing is really amazing. There's a guy named Fritz Popp, who's a German biophysicist. And he, he's the one that discovered that there's biophotons at the nucleus of the cell. And he's doing things like um, giving light. It, it, they call it coherence. When, when, when uh, two particles of light become a beam of light, that's called coherence. And once the beam is created, then it's a two-way street of like communication back and forth. And um, so what he's doing is working with people who are really ill. And I'm talking like, uh, you know, cancer and things like that, like, like Ill serious illness that could be terminal. And what he's discovering at, at the DNA level is that those cells that aren't healthy have the, the pattern of light has become uh, disturbed. He, he calls it goes awry. The light goes awry. And so what he's doing is giving biophotons from a plant to these people, to the, to the cells, to the damaged cells. And what's happening is the, the, the biophotons make coherence and the light from the biophotons from the plant are, he calls it re, reinforming 
They're reinforming the light at the DNA level toward health. Now, I call that leading edge. I mean, that to me is like, yeah, let's get with that program real quick. And so it's this very, I, I know here, I warned you about this beforehand that I go off on these tangents. This is not really a tangent. This is all leading somewhere because you got to understand this yeah. light thing <laughs> to right. understand the communication part of it. So, yeah. um, so anyway, uh, and he talks about how, you know, this all happens at the speed of light. We're not talking, you know, oh, maybe down the line somewhere, maybe there'll be an effect. No, this happens like boom. And so uh, it's quite exciting. And he's, he also says that plants have a greater ability. So again, all this has vibratory resonance, has a resonance. And, um, or you, maybe you might want to say a wavelength or a frequency, maybe that's easier to understand. And um, that plants have a greater ability to fine tune their resonance to us than we do to them. Because they're just, they're just being plant. They're just like, they don't have to think about balancing their checkbook, you know, they're just doing their thing. They're being who they are. They're not trying to be somebody else. They're just being rose or they're just being dandelion and they're doing their thing. And when they encounter other biophotons, especially those that, um, like I'm talking about here, these cells that are, that are damaged or, or, or unhealthy cells, that the pattern of the light is, like I said, he calls it goes awry. And so the plants, biophotons bring that pattern back to health, to, to, a, balance, to a balance. So, um, but they have the ability to fine tune to us a greater ability, let's put it that way, a greater ability. So, so one of the practices that I find to be extremely helpful in, in learning about plants and communicating with plants is what's called felt sensation. Now, this came from a man named Eugene Jenlin, and he wrote a book called Focusing. It was, um, it was, it was really based on, on the, in the psychological arena. And I did some work with him years and years and years ago. And I um, was like, I'm kind of like, like don't like to reinvent the wheel every single time. So I like to like look at practices that are really, um, that are effective and useful. And then, then just adapt, adapt them to plants. That's what I do. Excuse me. <coughs> so, um, Felt sensation basically is that when you, you, you're sitting with a plant and, you know, your intention is that, you know, you want to communicate with this plant, you want to, you want to receive the vibratory resonance of the plant. And you can feel that in your body, your body picks up on that resonance and you feel it as a sensation. And I don't mean emotion that comes later, but sensation is like, so a sensation would be like uh, fluttering in your chest or, or, you know, a, a knot in your gut, or one of my felt sensations is um, my hands get really big. They get really fat and I call it elephantitis. That's not the disease. The disease is elephantiasis, but mm -hmm. I call it elephantitis. Cause I'm like, 
oh, this must be what it feels like to be an elephant. Ah. And so, so it's, so what it is, is you receive a sensation somewhere, sometimes like another one that I have is um, where everything's really soft. So what you do is you, you, you identify the sensation and where it is in your body. And then you do what's called putting a handle on it. So a handle means that you identify it somehow. You you give it a word or a phrase. It could be even a posture, but something that that as close as you possibly can get to identifying it, that sensation, you you give it that you give it that uh, those words or that name or whatever. So um, and and it's like the word focusing, like Eugene's book, it's, that's what it's like. It's like, you take it from, you know, it's way out, it's way out here to begin with, like, you, you know, it's way out. And then you take that and you collapse the boundaries and, and bring it to a focal point. You focus it, you focus in on exactly what that sensation feels like and what does it remind you of, or what, what word can you put to it that exactly describes it? So that's what you're doing. You're, you're, you're putting a handle on the sensation so that you can come back to it. So, um, so there's, and there's lots of different kinds of felt sensations too. There's, there's a felt sensation that tells you, Oh, I'm hooked up, you know, Oh, you know, I, we, we've picked up the, the, the phone line is connected. You know, there's a yeah. felt sensation like that. And then there's a felt sensation. Like I have a felt sensation when I'm doing client work, which it's, it's just behind, it's just behind my eyes. Mm-hmm. And it, it's, uh, it, it's like everything drops, drops down to my heart. And I call that elevator because it feels like what it feels like when you're in an elevator that drops really quickly. And so really basically what that felt sensation does when I'm with a client is like, okay, you're out of your head and in your heart, which is where I want to be. I want to be in my heart when I'm working with folks. Yeah. And so So that's what I do. So here's the beauty of this felt sensation thing is that once you've received the felt sensation, which is the vibratory resonance of the plant and you've identified it, you can call it back up at any time. So it takes this whole thing of connecting in with the plant out of this place of randomness of like, oh, well, maybe if I'm lucky, maybe when I sit with that plant this time, maybe I can get connected. No, what you do is you go sit down with dandelion and you bring up that felt sensation. And so you initiate the two-way street, the two-way communication. You initiate it by calling up that felt sensation. That's exactly the one, it's the resonance of the plant. And so then the coherence begins. This coherent beam starts to happen. And then once you've done all that, then what comes next is then you start to get an emotional response to the sensation or to the vibratory resonance. You get an emotional response and, you know, mad, sad, glad, what are the, the five basic emotions anyway? So one of those, will, those will come. And, and, you know, the other thing is like, okay, so maybe you get angry. Well, it, it's, that's not bad. <laughs> it's just an emotion. It's an emotion that is bubbling up out of this, this sensation, which is the vibratory resonance of the plant. So maybe you say to yourself, oh, wow, is that, would this be plant spirit be helpful for bringing, uh, for bringing balance to an angry situation? Because anger in and of itself is not bad. There's a lot of growth that comes through anger. 
inappropriate anger is not something that you want to engage in. But so does this mean that this plant, so then, so then that's a question. And that's a question that comes up for you. You say, oh, you know, you notice that you notice that that's the emotion. Oh, does this plant help you deal with anger? Or does this plant help you deal with the source of anger where it started from? You know what? So you ask that question and then, and then you pay attention. You pay attention to like, like what's going across the radar screen. You know, there's always something marching across the radar screen. So you pay attention to what are those things that are coming up now? What is it that you're starting to think about? What do you, what do you notice in your environment? You know, you're, you're in the daydream of the plant. When you're doing this work, you're in the daydream of the plant, which be, becomes your daydream, but it's, you're in the daydream of the plant. And so you pay attention at this particular time, on this particular day, in this particular environment, with these people around me, with this kind of weather happening, this is what's going on. So I need to pay attention to the, to the environment and what is happening in this moment, because all of it is part of the fabric. All of it is part of the picture. All of it is a part of what I'm engaged in right now. Tomorrow, it may be completely different, this mm -hmm. particular environment. But what I am, as I'm here asking the plant to help me to understand what its gifts are, and I'll call them gifts, they're healing gifts, whatever the gifts are, what, what did this plant come in with that it wants to share with us? And so, you know, here I am and, and in this setting, you know, set and setting, and in this setting, there are touches from nature, which this plant and, and me and whatever else is around me here is all being affected by this interaction. So I need to pay attention to what are the other touches that are coming to me through nature. So maybe, you know, maybe, you know, I'm, I'm asking this plant about, about it and what its healing gifts are and this cold wind comes along just like, it's not a windy day, but I get hit with a cold wind. It's like, what does cold wind mean to me? Cold wind means, oh, you know, change of season. Oh, cold wind. Ooh, I want to be careful in cold wind. I don't want to, I don't want to get chilled or I don't want to get sick or whatever cold wind means. And so you take all these touches and all this that's going on inside you, you know, your emotional feelings, your, 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 you know, what's going across your radar screen, what's happening in your environment. And you begin it's, and they're all like, all the touches are like little pieces of the puzzle. And you take all these little bits and you start to fit them together and they start to make a picture of the gifts, the healing gifts of the spirit of this plant. So that I feel like if you can get the felt sensation down and if you can really incorporate that in your communication, you can learn so much from a plant by working through your felt sensations. And, uh, you know, there's other things, you, you know, you can work with uh, sensory awareness, you know, tasting, touching, feeling, smelling, all of that. And you can, um, you know, you can do journeying, you can do shamanic journeying, which would be the use of a, some type of instrument. Usually it's a frame drum, but it could be a rattle. It could be, it could be a flute. It could be some other kind of instrument, but it's sound. You, you're working with sound in order to enter into um, the, uh, the dimensional reality where the plant spirit lives. And you can visit where the plant spirit lives and you can um, learn information that way too, or learn about the gifts of the plant that way. So there's, 
you know, there's lots of ways to go about this. Um, there's another uh, practice that I developed. Uh, uh, are, are we good with me just rattling on here? Are, is this <laughs> oh, yeah. 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 Loving okay. it. Okay. So there's a practice that I developed a few years back called green breath and green breath. I, I was, um, a woman came here and she was doing a workshop and she was like, okay, now we're going to do transformational breath work. And I was like, oh, okay. We're going to breathe for how long? I had never done any focused breathing before. And so I was like, oh, okay, whatever. And, uh, so we start doing transformational breath work, which is basically, an open mouth breath. So you're not breathing through your nose, you're breathing through your mouth. And it's just a rhythmic breath. It's just in and out. It's not a fast breath or anything like that. It's just, you know, equal inhalation is exhalation through your mouth. And they call it an activated breathing because it's like, when you, when you open your mouth, it's like, it's like fueling the, it's like, uh, you know, adding oxygen to the flames, you know, it makes the flames brighter. And um, so it activates your breath activates your internal fire. So, so anyway, so we're doing, doing, going to do this transformational breathwork session. And I'm like, um, and it's lengthy, you know, it's like mm, 70 minutes or so probably it's more than an hour and, and you have music. So you have cuts of music now. And she, and she had already, uh, put together like a, um, a CD or something to, to play. And so she already had it. And each, each, each cut of music, um, is like, um, put, you know, sends you into another realm or another, you know, you kind of go into another aspect. So anyway, so I said to myself, okay, all right, we're going to breathe for this really long time. I'm going to breathe. And I was working with white pine at the time. And I said, well, my breath actually comes from plants and trees. So I'm just going to breathe with white pine. That's what I'm going to do. So I set that intention and I was not prepared for what happened. I am telling you, it was like, what knock happened? Your, oh my God. It was like, <laughs> knock your socks off. You know, I, I, there was a part of me that kind of said, you know, I thought maybe you could have sex with plants, but I never really knew how to do that. And I had a Kundalini experience up my spine that was like, oh, mm, OMG, this is like unbelievable. I, wow. it was like, wow. Oh yeah, let's do this. <laughs> white pine, yeah, white pine is sexy. White pine is sexy, but I'm telling you, I it was it was just kind of like, oh my goodness. So I had this phenomenal off the charts experience, and I was like, oh, this is good. I gotta I gotta do something with this. I gotta develop this. So basically, what I did was put together my own um, uh, music which is mostly um, instrumental. There's a couple that have words, but they're in, in another language. So you can't really understand what's being said. Uh, so, and we, and, and I do, I, I do prompts along the way. So like with each new cut of music, I'll prompt you. So we like, we do all the obstacle stuff first and then we go way out into the cosmos and then we come back and then we go through all the chakras and then we come into the heart. And then we, you know, I mean, we go through all these different phases and then we merge with the plant, whatever plant you're working with. So each person, if 
there's a group of people, each person is working with their own plant ally, or when we do the plant initiations, which is another whole topic that we do need to get to. When we do the plant initiations, we're just work, we're all working with the same plant. And so we do a green breath with that. It's so incredibly powerful. You, I mean, I, and the thing that happens, I mean, there's spontaneous healings that happen during these during these green breaths and it debt, it takes your relationship to the plant to a whole nother level. And so, so that's another way of really getting to know the plant really well. And when you have that merge and you, and you can have that merge in other ways as well, you know, in a shamanic journey, or even, even when you're sitting in the daydream with the plant, you can, you can have that merge, but when you have that merge and there's like no separation between you and the plant, that is like, oh man, it's like you're looking out from the eyes of the plant that, you know, there, that's, it's um, amazing. It's amazing. And we're not talking psychotropic plants. We're just talking right. little right. regular plants. You know? <laughs> <laughs> so, so you're having an altered, an altered reality experience, but you're not um, doing it with plant chemicals mm. or, you know, constituents. You're, 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 it's, it's, it's the plant spirit that's working with you. So, um, go ahead. So amazing. The plants are just so amazing. Um, they they offer us so much. So I'm also curious how we can give back to the plants either with, um, an offering of, you know, a song or something like that. Um, or tobacco. Or, or tobacco or in other ways. Um, yeah. So can we talk a little bit about offerings? Sure. Um, and, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to change up the, the kind of just gives a little different perspective and that I'm going to say what we're actually doing is feeding, feeding the spirits of the plants. And so offering, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's an offering, but it's kind of more than that. It's actually, they, they actually um, really, let's see, what would be the word? I was going to say thrive, but they thrive anyway. They, well, it just, it just, it's like being in reciprocity. You know, it's like they give to us, we give back. And when we give them what they really want, like it's, it like nourishes them. It like feeds, feeds their soul, if you will. And so what is it that a plant yeah, what do they really want? Well, the, this is came this uh, came from my uh, dear teacher Martin Prechtel, and he brought this teaching, which is that we have something that the spirits don't have, and that's opposable thumbs. We have these beautiful Whoa. hands with opposable thumbs that can make beauty, and so we work with our hands to make beauty to give to the spirits, to, to the spirits. In this case, we're talking about the spirits of the plants, but, and they love that because they can't do that. They don't have hands with opposable right. thumbs. And so that is something that we uniquely have that they don't have. So that adds value that adds like the, this is it really special. So if you take the time, energy and effort to make something with your hands, it can be food. It can be, you know, a beautiful piece of art. It can be uh, maybe, uh, maybe an eloquent poem you've written. It could be, it could be anything. It really could be anything, but it's something that comes from you 
that is specifically to feed the spirits. And this is not for human consumption. This is not something that you go show everybody, oh, look at this beautiful piece of art I did. Oh, isn't this beautiful? No, you don't do that. It's not for other people. It's for the spirit of the plant. And so you actually give it. So like during our plant initiations, that's the last thing that we do in our initiatory process is we go and be in reciprocity, which really is the most important thing is to be in reciprocity. And so we, um, I encourage uh, my students to, to make something with their hands. And then we actually go to the plant and we leave it there. So you, you can come to my property and you see all these things all over the place. You know? <laughs> and it's like, oh, those are, oh, don't, oh, don't disturb that. That's, that's that plant's gift, you know, leave it there, you know? And so, um, but, you know, you can give tobacco if you want, but ideally you would grow the tobacco yourself. Yeah. yeah. So that, so again, it's just like, you become engaged in the whole process. You have, you have participated in the process and the, the plants I'm telling you, they will respond tenfold. They'll give back tenfold. And it's kind of amazing how that works, but it's true. They love it. And so that's what I do is that if I'm going to do tobacco, I mean, I, I grow my own tobacco, you know, it's, it's tobacco I've grown. And, you know, another thing Martine would say is that um, to give like uh, a rock to the earth is kind of like, oh, hum. Oh, isn't that nice? I'm, I'm, I got tons of rocks in right here in my soil. <laughs> you know? It's kind of like, um, it's, it, your effort hasn't gone into that rock. It maybe it's a special rock to you. And I get that, but not a lot of effort went into that as a gift. As, as a way of feeding. So what Martine did with us is we um, made beads. So, and what makes a bead is a, a hole in it and somehow it had to get that hole in it. So it took some kind of human intervention to have a hole in it. So we would gather shells and then we would use flint to make a hole and that made a, a shell bead. And we would give these shell beads to spirit. That's how we would feed spirit. That's how we, be, we began. And um, it, just, it just changed everything from going and picking up a shell off the beach to give when you made it into a bead, then a, usually a whole lot of effort went into making that bead because some of those shells are really thick and using a piece of flint to make a hole was like, okay, this will take like... Uh, two or three or four weeks to do this. <laughs> so it just, it just changed everything when we made them into beads. And so, so this whole notion of reciprocity is super important, but we also have to be really thoughtful about what is it that we're giving to this plant? And does this plant want this? Mm -hmm. yeah. And yeah. you know what, you know what I'm saying? And so um, anyway, so uh, did that answer your question? Yeah, I, well, I yeah, definitely. I think that's that's a great great way to, to do it because your your spirit and your soul go into what your art that you make, you know, or the, or the oh, yeah. that you make or the tobacco that you grow, and that's why we grow our own tobacco too, f just for the you know for offerings. Yeah, but I I do have a, a kind of a quick question about well you know about a specific part of spiritual ecology, and this is something that I puzzle over a lot just like the identity of spirits like when when you say plant spirit is there like one plant spirit for everything every uh individual in a species 
or is it like each individual plant has a spirit or is it like a plant deva like right. i know this might not be i mean it might be not possible to even really talk about it but it is interesting to me and i would like oh, to i can totally talk about it yeah, i can cool. totally okay. talk about it so okay i'm, I'm going to give an analogy of a, using the analogy of a house so you've got this house you've got the uh, architectural design of the house you've got how the house is decorated you know it's kind of like its personality and then you've got who lives in the house so so this to me is heart soul and spirit and that's what you know when i bait when i talk about plant spirit healing the basis of that is the the triple spiral which mm-hmm. to be mm-hmm. the triple spiral is heart soul and spirit so so the, the design, the architectural design of the house is, is like on a soul level or in the plant realm, you might call it the Davic level, the diva. It's, it's like the architectural design. It's the design of the plant, the design of the house. And then there's the personality of the house. It's how it's decorated and all of that. So that would be like the heart of the house and, um, or, or the physical properties of the plant. That would be the chemical constituents. That would be the kind of more the physical aspect of the plant. And then you've got who lives in the house and who lives in the house is the spirit is the spirit of the plant. And so, and, and so the same with us, you know, who lives in our house, you know, the, that vital principle, that, that the vitality, the vitalness, that which animates, that which makes you live, which makes life live is the spirit. So, so anyway, you can kind of think of it that way. We've got all these aspects they're all there, but the spirit is different than the soul. The soul is, you know, the soul is the soul and it carries on from life to life. And, you know, the soul is the soul, uh, spirit's different. So on a plant level, I would say that the spirit of the plant is on a species level. And so Mm -hmm. dandelion, the species of dandelion teraxicum, um, is, um, it's on a species level. So that means that if I'm working with that dandelion or nettle or whatever stinging nettle, um, it's I can I can I can go anywhere. I can go anywhere and be working with that sp- species. So each species has a particular plant spirit. Now, um, with plants like say like artemisias, there's a bunch of artemisias. And, but each one is a little bit different than the, uh, the next, I mean, they're yeah. all similar, but so they're, so, you know, on a general, uh, on a Genesis level, they're related, but their spirits are a little different in how they, and, and the gifts that they have. So, um, so let's see your, so your question was. What? Tell me your question again. It's about individual. Oh no, I know. Yeah. It was about whether each in each individual plant had an individual's uh, spirit. Um, yeah. No, it's really on a species level. Having said that, having said that, I got my white pine out here. That that's that's my white pine, and, and mm-hmm. you know, and mm-hmm. I mean, I can go and be with other white pines, but man, I love this white pine. This white pine. I can't even tell you, well, you already know a little bit about this white pine and what it's given me. And so, um, <laughs> but, you know, I mean, I go sit under that white pine and it's that white pine. I, you know, I've got tons of white pine, you know, around the, on this land, but it's that one. So having said that, um, it works on a species level and, and I have my favorites. 
So it's kind of a both hand. (laughs) Yeah. So the individuals do have a little personality, like you were saying, just like a wormwood is going to be different than a mugwort. Yes. The Western mugwort and the, yeah, Mm -hmm. there's so many. Right. Exactly. Yeah. But also it, it seems to me that like, especially with trees, you can have some really old gnarled trees that just have so much character and personality to them. Well, that's true. Mm-hmm. Um, well, but- that's, that's actually a good way of looking at it is that really probably what, what we're tapping into on that individual level is their personality. Yeah. And, and they've got so old gnarly trees I mean, they're old. So, so they've been around a whole lot longer than the younger ones. So they've, they've, they've seen more. <laughs> they've been yeah. Yeah. So that's going to be part of their personality. Yeah. But the, but yeah. the spirit is, a, is like a level above personality. Well, it's it, it, above, I don't know. It's, it's, it's Within. not on a physical level. It's, yeah, it's not correct. on a physical level. It's yeah. so it's different. Yeah. Well, just like if, you know, looking at like human, if you ascribe to reincarnation, there's like one spirit over many lifetimes, um, that kind of thing, you know, the spirit yeah. and the personalities are, Yeah. But then there are also probably other spirits in play too, like the spirits of that forest or other sure. Sure. Know, things going well, there's, on. There's the nature spirits. So the nature spirits right. are, you know, the ones that are, are very connected in with the plants and the trees and, and really help them to, um, you know, help with manifestation and all that kind of stuff. So that, so the, there's that as well. And so um, that's comes into play, of course. And then there's all the elements and, you know, and there's the elemental yeah. beings. I mean, so there's, so there's lots of other spirit beings, uh, involved but but they're different they're different than a plant spirit do you connect with and feed the plant spirit i'm sorry the uh nature spirits around you as well oh yeah nature spirits yeah nature spirits are really important yeah yeah it's kind of like um you know when we're when we're looking at like the original trinity i look at i love excuse me i love trinities and um so heart soul and spirit and plant spirit healing uh but then there's I, you know, I, I often wonder like, well, what, what, you know, what was the original Trinity or what's, what's one of the, maybe not original, but one of the big, big trinities here that includes. So anyway, so there's plants and trees and there's nature spirits. And then there's also, then there's animals, human beings. And it, it's, it's like, um, you know, when I look at it, it's like uh, plants and trees have been around holding down the fort since day one. Nature spirits kind of have gone into hiding in many places and humans for sure fell off the cart a long time ago. And so it's really about coming back into that original Trinity and working together, working all together. So that's what I feel like we're doing right now is that really in like when you go into areas and you and you sense that oh the nature spirits are not here either either because the land has been really damaged and they're like i'm out of here or or they've been frightened off or whatever it might be so it's really important to invite the nature spirits back and um yeah and and really encourage them to just be be there freely and to be able to interact together and to be able to kind of flow in and out of each other I know a lot of people these days do, and a lot, they do this a lot in Europe, Ireland and, and England, but um, is, is like they, um, um, they, they make a spot for the, for the nature spirits to live. Like 
uh, oh, here's your spot, you know, and we won't bother you here. We won't disturb you here. This will be your spot. And it, I, you know, I don't know. I kind of have a hard time with that because it makes me feel like they've been put on reservations or something. That's like, oh, that sounds familiar. Oh yeah, we've done that before. And it's like, they, what, what really needs to be ha- happening is, is them to be free flowing without feeling encumbered or, or, or like they're in danger or like, or human beings are going to come in and, you know, clear cut the place or so they really need to be able to, to be invited back and encouraged and, and um, yeah. So yes. So yes. I, I really like to encourage them to be, we had a bunch of logging that happened up here behind where I live. And I live in an incredibly beautiful place and I'm surrounded by about 5,000 acres. Most of it's in conservation easements. It's not our land, but it's um, a nonprofit owns it. And they, um, they do forest management, but their idea of forest management's not exactly mine, Uh, but they, they, they did a lot of logging a few years back. And, oh my gosh, I was like, I was, like a wreck during that whole time because there were times when you could actually hear the trees like slamming oh. down on the earth and oh my god I get cold chills talking about it right yeah, now I did too but, now but you know I had to go in there afterwards and I just had to do all this ritual and ceremony and everything to to get the nature spirits to come back because they were like what the heck what the heck's going on here you know and yeah. I was like I am so sorry please you know please forgive these humans we need you yeah yeah we really need you now we really need to heal this heal the forest and you know and so they did but it was it was really one of those times where they were like I am out of here what the heck is going on and and we really needed them the most <laughs> during that yeah. time but they needed to they needed to know that that it was okay and so anyway yeah yeah yeah, that's this is really really interesting territory for me. Um, but you also in your book you talk about like the spirit of your spring and your the mountain that you live near. Yes. yes. And so, would you consider those nature spirits or um, you know other kinds of spirits? Well, there's definitely there's definitely nature spirits around that spring for sure. I mean, it's a water course that. <laughs> oh, this is so cool! You're gonna love this one. Um, so. This stream, it's a mountain stream, you know, it's, there's lots of springs up on the mountain. And so that's where it originates. And then it comes down here and in the, not that it's happened this year, but it normally in the dry time of the year, which would be, you know, like by August, um, a section of the stream dries up and, and then it comes back up right behind my house. There's a spring that comes out of the ground and it comes back up there. So it's this section where it dries up. So, um, so, but there's a hole, there's a hole in the, the, the bed of this stream where the water comes down off the mountain and goes down that hole and comes back up behind my house. Yeah. We so have what, one of those too. <laughs> you have one of those too? Oh. Yeah, a stream that like disappears and then comes back. It's pretty cool. Does it go down a hole? Uh, it kind of doesn't go, it, you can kind of see where it goes down. It's not quite a hole. It's like a sandy hole, like sandy and rocks. Uh-huh. I wonder if you dug it out a little bit, if, if there would be more of a hole there. Anyway, yeah, maybe. so, uh, so it's called a puyo, P-U-G-Y-O, puyo. And that's a Quechua word. And, um, so an Ecuadorian shaman friend of mine, Rocio Alacarn was here one year and she, we, we were doing some work. With, she, <laughs> she's so funny. She, um, 
she's from Ecuador and she had come to the States and she had a bottle, like, mm, I don't know, four ounce bottle maybe of ayahuasca that she had brought, which is one of her main allies. And she had brought it with her, you know, and I'm like, okay, Rocio, now how did you get that one through customs exactly? And so anyway, so she shows up with this bottle and she's not sure why she brought it. And I was like, okay, well, so the, so we had this amazing weekend with her and, and then everybody leaves and, and, um, and I had said to her, we had, we had gone up the stream cause she wanted to do a nighttime bathing thing in the stream. So, so Mark, my husband had really scouted out the right spot for it and everything. And, and so, uh, so we, we were up there at that part of the stream and everybody had gone home or we thought they all had gone home. And I said, oh yeah, and just downstream. Oh yeah, just down there. Yeah, the water goes down a hole. And she said, take me there. And I was like, okay. So we take her to where this hole is, where the water's all coming down and it's going down the hole. And she said, oh, this is a puyo. And I said, oh, okay. And what is a puyo? A puyo, a puyo is a water course somewhere where water goes down a hole or water comes up through a hole or a confluence of water where two waterways might cross and at the crossing. But a puyo is like a portal, a water portable portal to like the underground, I'm going to say rivers, but I don't mean, I, I mean, they could be literal rivers or, rivers of communication or how the energy flows through the earth. It could be, oh, it could be an underground river, or it could be that it taps into the energy lines, the, the ley lines in the earth and the, and the energy flow. It's the flow. It's a flow. Mm -hmm. And she said that when the conquistadors came, many of the puyos closed up. And so one of her missions now is to go across the globe and open up Puyos. Wow. So I know. Uh, wow. That's amazing. I know. And so she said, oh, well, this is a Puyo and it's been closed. And I was like, okay. And she said, that is why that bottle of ayahuasca came with me. And I was like, okay. So we got the bottle of ayahuasca. We went back to the Puyo and it was just me and her and my husband, Mark. And she took a little bit of the ayahuasca which was a liquid form, of course. And she rubbed it just on the inside of our lips, like on the soft tissue around yeah. our lips, just, you know, a little bit. And she said, cause she works with ayahuasca, like on a homeopathic level. And she said, I don't understand why people do this glug, 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 <laughs> ayahuasca. She said, oh, that's not the way to be working with ayahuasca. This is a very powerful ally. No, you work with it this way. You put it on your soft tissue. And so we did that. And then she poured a little bit about of the ayahuasca in our, in our, we cupped our hands and she poured a little bit in there and we mixed it with the water that was coming down, down the stream. And then we poured it down the hole. And, and, and so I went first and we poured it down the hole. And then when I finished, I just stood up and I heard this amazing music, like beautiful, just this beautiful music coming from the forest. And I was like, and I said to myself, Oh, isn't that interesting? There's still people here from the, from the weekend. Oh, aren't they singing beautifully together? Wow. That is so sweet. Isn't that nice? And Rocio looked up and she saw me kind of looking around. She said, she said, Oh, you hear that? 
And I said, yeah, I do hear that. She said, the spirit of the forest is very happy with us. It's going to make me cry every time I, I tell this. Every time, yeah, every time I tell this story, I start to weep, you know? Yeah, totally. That's so amazing. So she opened, we, we, we opened this Puyo together and she said, now you are caretakers of this Puyo and you must make sure that it stays open. So mm-hmm. it's, so anyway, um, I'm wow. not sure what the question was, but that was the answer. <laughs> <laughs> yes. What a big responsibility do you, well, like, I mean, it, not really. I mean, really what it, it means, yeah. what it means is I get to go into the forest and go to the, where the Puyo is and hang out with it and bring it little, bring it little offerings and bring it little gifts. That's what it means. You know, it just means I need to be consciously aware that I am the steward, I'm the caretaker, and I've been given that, that responsibility and I have to do it. And it's not a, it's not a hard thing to do. It's actually a, a really wonderful and lovely thing to do. As so, your yeah. So, and that's so, yeah. So anyway, so, uh, yeah. So uh, this is, this is spiritual ecology. This is spiritual ecology. Well, that's the end of part one. If you'd like to listen to part two, then go over to patreon.com slash plant cunning.